Well, welcome back. I let the uh, theme song run a little longer because it's been so long since we've actually been together. Though you've been listening to our podsodes, we've not actually been together in over nine days. That's right, Pastor Chuck took a vacation. He cast off the cares of this world for the joys of Wisconsin and a conference and graduate class and a little bit of beer. So, So I'm back. I'm brought it up and ready to go. I'm not even sure what that means. <laughs> me either. But it sounds good. Maybe maybe Wisconsin should pick that slogan up. Come to Wisconsin and get brought it up. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I figured that was coming from somebody. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect it to be from you, whoever you are. Why don't you tell people who you are? I am Bruce, the faithful sidekick. I am Guy, the <laughs> IT guy. Wow. For a minute there, I thought it was Barry White. Or Batman. <laughs> oh, better yet. I'm Batman. And uh, these are not hockey pads. What? <laughs> Didn't he say that in the movie? These aren't hockey pads. Uh, I don't remember. What? Of course, no, he just sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Oh, he played Batman? So here's the deal. <laughs> if you know what that quote is about the hockey pads, if you would put that on our Facebook page, <laughs> the correct answer, if that's from a Batman movie or not, we know you're listening and we'll send you a t-shirt. And to all the other people who we still look t-shirts to, <laughs> I have your names. Some of you, I have your addresses, so we'll get those out to you at some point. I even have your shirts. They're just sitting there in my office taking mm. up space. Nice. Kind of like a lot of other people in my in office your life. space. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to play a little uh, What Do You Think? I try not today. to. Yeah, yes, I, I know that. I agree with Guy. So I have chosen uh, oft-discarded theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Whoa. And I have some quotes from him. I've highlighted them so mm-hmm. I could read them on the air in a fabulous green color. Um, this sound is me clicking my pen, in case you're wondering at home. So I'm going to read the quote and I'm going to say, What do you think? And hmm. then I will send this to my professor and see if he grades you guys well or not on your uh, understanding of. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the oft-discarded Lutheran theologian. That's a lot of pressure. It is pressure. I feel it. All right, here's one. I like this quote. Judging others makes us blind, whereas love is illuminating. By judging others, we blind ourselves to our own evil and to the grace which others are just as entitled to as we are. Go. Yes. <laughs> I expected that as well. <laughs> no. What's re- <clears throat> I find that to be very illuminating. I would you agree. Don't use the word that's in the <laughs> No, quote. you're supposed to answer by taking words out of the question. <laughs> exactly right, Bruce. I, I agree with that. Don't you think when we're looking at other people's sin, we ignore our own? Yes. Yeah, the plank in your but own eye. But he didn't eye. even say sin. I like, he goes as far as to say evil. Well, it's... I mean, I just, evil's right. Like, evil, right? Sin we discard as, oh, I sinned. Uh, yeah. Eh. It's like being verklempt. It doesn't really make a difference. No, it's just like the uh, unmerciful servant, right? I mean, he wanted grace extended to him, but he wouldn't extend the same grace to the guy who owed him just a little bit. And when you watch Facebook or Twitter or things, you know, with things going on, president getting COVID and all that stuff, how little grace do we extend <laughs> To, to, to other people who disagree with us 
But then in on the flip side of things, we so much want that grace extended to us. Oh, so true. That's I think that's the nature our sinful nature, our fallen nature expects that. What do you think, guy? I concur. Oh, this is getting deep in here. <laughs> Circle gets the square. <laughs> All right, that's good. Here's that's the next good. one. I'm going to go with a shorter quote this time. Yes, please. That was way too many words. <laughs> this one will not be a problem. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Go. So it's only for men? Just for uh, men. Oh, man. Bonhoeffer was a sexist <laughs> along with an anti... Strong enough for a woman, but made for a man. There you go. He hated the Nazis, and now he doesn't like the women. Yeah, it's a different generation. Can you read it one more time? I can, because it's short. Thank you. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Oh, yeah. I would agree with that. A lot of, a lot of baptismal yeah. overtones in there, I think. I would agree. I was going to say images, but I like the word overtones. I like, I like <laughs> Or undertones. <laughs> Rip off the old self, right? Yes, drag me under the water and raise me anew. Yes. Yeah. Let me gargle in my sin until I die. That's right. <laughs> that I might be raised up in new creation. There you go. But it's a constant dying, right? Isn't the Christian life daily dying to self and rising again? Yes, in indeed. Christ and to others, and Bonhoeffer was a big do service to others, be about the work of the faith, about who Christ is, and so I think you would say we die to ourselves, we rise up in Christ to others to be serving other people. Yeah, that really ties in nicely to the previous quote. So, in order to not be so self-centered and judgmental, we need to die to ourselves. Yeah, and I think that is part of the dying is to be able to look at other people. And to give them the grace that they deserve before. And I think that's the issue. We might give people grace, but first we want them to clean themselves up. And, be, right. and look more what, like me. And be deserving of what we would what we would call deserving of. Now you deserve God's grace. Right. right. I will show it to you. Yes. Okay. Let's stick with short ones for a moment. A God who lets us prove his existence would be an idol. A God hmm. who lets us prove his existence would be an idol. So he's saying that if you could prove him, then you're basically putting him in a box, and then God can't be put in a box, so he thus... If I can, yeah, I think this is me. If, if, if I can prove God, then basically all I've really done is prove who I think God is, what I want him to be. Yeah, I agree with that. So then it's just a man-made image. Mm-hmm. Because if I can define God, then like kind of like what you're saying, guy. If I can put him in that box, that means I've defined him, I've shaped him, so therefore he's my idol. And I heard a wise Lutheran theologian, not Bonhoeffer, once say, the only person who can put God in the box is God. His reference there was to the tomb and into the waters of baptism and into word and sacrament. So if God chooses to place himself there, only God can do that. We can't put God in boxes, wow. but we try. Mm-hmm. That is deep. But uh, and, and it, it's kind of interesting when people get to heaven, if anybody gets there, when they get there and they see God, and then they have their own image of God. I hope we get to keep that image of who we think God is, and we're like, wow. God <laughs> Didn't is... even pale in comparison to what it actually is. I mean, you're not a short Jewish guy. 
who uh, wants to make me happy. I always pictured God when I was a little kid as this old man who had this really long beard, and people would sit on his lap and. Not like, not like Santa Claus, but uh, it sounds like, kind of does sound like Santa Claus. I think Claus, it was Santa Claus, yeah. and he, he was wearing him. a red suit. <laughs> and he gave me a present that was on my list, and he had candy Jolly. canes. And these short little guys hanging around with him with curly coat, curly toed shoes. Maybe, maybe that's why I thought of him that way. I don't know. Is what is him? the benefit of the curly toed shoe for an elf? Just because you put a bell on it and it can jingle? Hmm. Hmm. I've never really uh, so you don't stub that. your toe. Is it a form of foot binding? Like they're trying to make the toes curl. Uh, maybe they have. Maybe their feet are shaped that way. You ever thought about that? I've never seen an elf without There's, his shoes the, on. W- an elf without a shoe. Well, you see, here, here's how evolution worked, according to Darwin. The elf was <laughs> living in the North Pole, and his his toes started to curl upwards, they were so cold? he could ski. Oh, yes, and move barefoot. around better in the snow with the curled up toes. Yeah, yeah. Less, re- less resistance. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you, Darwin. Okay, here's another one. Uh, this is ve- quickly becoming a show about something other than something. All right, here we go. This is from Life Together. I like that book. As do I. We pray for the big things and forget to give thanks for the ordinary, small, and yet really not small gifts. I'll read it again. We pray for the big things and forget to give thanks for the ordinary, small, and yet, really, not small gifts. Go. I would agree. <laughs> that that man is so insightful. <laughs> yes, I don't thank God every day that I am able to get up and go to a job. Go to a job filled with a bunch a room full of kids, healthy, and make it through the day <laughs> without violating seventeen board policies. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing. You know, you wake up. I'm I'm healthy. You're breathing. I have a job. My family's still healthy. So everything's okay. We Your should, shoes. We are... should be appreciative day by day instead of hey, just worrying last... about the long, mm-hmm. long view things and the big things. When was the last time we thanked God that our feet weren't curved and our shoes didn't have to be that way? I thank God every day. I'm not an elf. <laughs> every day. Do you really? Every day. And I thank God every day. I don't have to see a ladybug. <laughs> I am going to start thanking him for the elves, not being an elf. I mean, I'll be like, God, thank you. For not making me like those elves. <laughs> Are they elves? Is that plural? Or are they elves? It's like, it's like that Pharisee prayer. Yes, exactly. I know. Thank That's you, what God, exactly that I, what I was not thinking. like that elf over there. Very good. With curved feet. No, so if I go to this Wisconsin in the wintertime. Look at you. I'd be like, oh, I wish I was an elf. All of a sudden now you're the envy of the town. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Sorry. Discipleship is not an offer that man makes to Christ. Discipleship is not an offer that man makes to Christ. Oh, I love that one. Hmm. Isn't that deep? No, that's super deep. Because so often, yeah. what do we make out of our works? Like we're... Yeah, doing something. Doing it's, it back for God. Yeah. My worship. It's all me. That's my, badges. I, that's yeah, my badges. Yeah, it's my the ones swag. I hear all the time. Oh, I come to church to sing to God and give Him my praises. Like, He created the world. Does He need your praises? Doesn't need it. I'm fairly certain he could look in a mirror every day and say, you're the man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally. <laughs> That's right. And not man. Maybe he's say like, He's gender neutral. You're the being. You're the being. Because he is. I mean, he's God. He is God. So we don't do anything for him. It's all for us. Right? Well, a disciple. I mean, you're the servant. I have my, I'm not better than my master. <laughs> you know, he has purchased me. 
right? Yeah. I'm not going to say, hey, good work on the cross there. I think you might like to have me on your team. <laughs> so I'm going to come work for you. I'm it's not like work. a. Re- I'm going to increase the profile of your disciples by letting you add me to the team. Look how many followers mm-hmm. I have on Twitter, Jesus. You need me. I'm an influencer. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I see that the church attendance is declining. Maybe if you added me and my followers, things might turn around for you. That's right. I wear skinny jeans and everything. Ooh. In everything or and everything? And. And. Everything. I thought you might get in, like, whatever season it is. Skinny <laughs> jeans. I got them on. Skinny jeans are always in I don't like blue jeans, period. Whether they're skinny. Oh, I, agree. Oh, I agree with you. It's like, no. It's the hottest material ever made. Right. It's like... People are like, it's 90 degrees outside. <laughs> put on jeans. Why don't I just put on a plastic bag? <laughs> <laughs> Heavy denim, let's go. Yeah. Throw the jean jacket on as well, right? Right. Mm. Like, come on, man. Put I used on. to have a jean jacket. Did you guys ever have one? Oh, oh, yeah. You bet. Yeah. And it was uncomfortable. Oh, I, I like mine. No, I, I think like back mine. to it now, I'm like, Oh man, it touches your arms. You got jeans rubbing uh, on you. So you got jeans rubbing on your legs. Now they're rubbing on your arms. Oh, I love my jeans. You have jacket. a texture thing, don't you? For jeans? I don't want it's heavy. And sand. Yeah, well. <laughs> that's sand's fault. That's another episode. <laughs> I'm with you about the sands. Sand. Okay, here's another one. It is only because he became like us that we can become like him. Hmm. Oh, that guy. I know. Why can't I? That is brilliant. Write something like that. Yeah, I take one sentence like that. I don't right. even have that going for me. Oh, that's right. Some, so much packed in that one sentence. Yeah. But our only hope is that Christ became incarnate, took on the flesh. Without the incarnation, he ain't got nothing. Your diddly squat. You got no milk. incarnation, no salvation. No incarnation, Ooh. no chocolate milk. Oh, no, that's just carnation. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. <laughs> it's close. There's some carnation in just your milk. Just a bit outside. Oh, yes. Anyway, it's just a very nice quote there. Uh, let's see. I got a few more. How are we doing on time? We got some time? Sure. Okay. Time is of the essence. Is I have it? longer ones. I'm just seeing if I can get all the short ones done first. All right. Here's a short one. Where God tears great gaps... We should not try to fill them with human words. Now, I realize this is all out of context, but where God tears great gaps, we should not try to fill them with human words. I'm not sure what he really means there. Yeah, I might have to go with that one. I don't know the context of that. I don't know the context, but just think about this. In In our own lives, what do we do when some tragedy happens? When the world is ripped open as we know it, whether it's within a church, the pastor loses his wife or his child, or something even more tragic happens in your community, what do we always try to do for God? Make excuses. All, yeah. mm-hmm. all things work out to the glory of those who uh, are to the... How often is that one right. used? Or you say, well, I think what God was trying to do here yeah. was help you to see more clearly His grace. Or something. No, that was very, I feel better. But I think what we try to do is we try to speak on his behalf. As if in those voids, in those open spaces that he tears apart, whether it's through COVID or whatever else, we think, oh, we have to justify this for God. So instead of doing apologetics, we just apologize for God and make excuses. Well said. 
Yeah, I it's like almost that. a quote that you could put in a book. Almost, but it, it's not Bonhoeffer esque. It was close, but not. No, that was my more Michael Horton esque. Michael Horton, <laughs> not Horton. Here's a who, <laughs> the other theologian, yeah. Michael Horton. Yes. So, anyway, I just think that's good advice for no, us. Was, I think sometimes was, we should be silent, right, and just let God be God. You know, I think about Job's friends. Mm-hmm. For seven days, they sat with him in the ashes and did a great thing. But yeah, that, that was I mean, the best thing they did. And then all of a sudden, what do they do? Then they open their mouths after they think, oh, the morning period's over. Morning, not morning. The morning period is over. Now we have to explain what God is doing here. And we need to fix you. Mm-hmm. The reason all those people got hurt in the hurricane in New Orleans 12 years ago or whenever that was, and then they all say, well, because God was calling them to repentance or or whatever. But I don't know that. Could just be a tornado. Right. Hurricane. Mm-hmm. It was a hurricane. It happens. Very, insightful. Very insightful. Yeah. All right. Let's try another one. This sounds similar to one that we've already had, but different. Nothing that we despise in other men is inherently absent from ourselves. We must learn to regard people less in the light of what they do or don't do and more in the light of what they suffer. Mm. Mm. I like that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just think about it. How many people in this world are suffering? Everyone. All everybody to some degree, yeah. I think everybody. No matter who you are, you're suffering something. You're bearing up under the weight of something. So what if we looked at people in that light instead of, oh, you didn't do that. Oh, they didn't do that. Just like, hey, man, I bet it's tough to be them. I think it definitely makes you more patient with with others you know if you can try to recall you know what it means to to truly suffer yourself and then you're like oh you know it's empathy you know feeling that empathy for them and letting that be instead of your conscience be your guide that's Jiminy Cricket we're saying let your idea of suffering and people's suffering be how you regard them the light at which you see them because if I see your suffering I am much more apt to be kind and loving towards you in the midst of your suffering. So we give somebody whose spouse just died and they didn't answer our email or our text message. We're like, oh, well, they're suffering right now. But then the next year or two years where I email Bruce and he doesn't email me back right away, I'm like, well, what's his problem? Well, I don't know. Maybe he's suffering. So maybe, (coughs) excuse me. And I've used this example in my pre-marriage counseling. I said... How you perceive, perceive things can change the way you respond. Mm. So I said, for instance, your husband's late from work and he's not answering your phone calls. You have two choices. You can say, oh, I bet he stopped off for a beer with the guys and he's not answering the phone because he doesn't want me to know. So how do you react when he walks in the door versus, oh, I hope he wasn't in an accident because he could die, and then I'd be here all by myself, and I'd be left alone, or maybe he's hurt and sitting on the side of the road or with a flat tire, and he has no way of calling me. Then how do you react when he comes home? That attitude, the way you look at that situation, and I think most of Mm -hmm. the time that's what causes our problems, is we refuse to look at the situation in the way of suffering and in a positive light because, yeah. Okay. Let's see if I got one more here. Oh, I want to do this one. Cheap grace is the great, 
grape. Grape ape. Cheap grace is the grace we bestow on ourselves. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Baptism without church discipline. Communion without confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Grace without the cross. Grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. That's from the cost of discipleship, isn't it? Uh, I believe it is. Yeah. That was a good book, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I thought that was a mission statement of a certain pastor from Houston's church. <laughs> <laughs> but, <clears throat> and, and I know um, some people don't like the term cheap grace uh, and costly grace because that's the other term he uses. But I think here it really fits, this idea that we just bestow God's forgiveness on ourselves without ever changing without ever having expectation of being changed or needing to change and just going on and living our life as if nothing ever happened to us. Well, I think actually what you've done there is made grace into your own idol and you, hmm. you define how it's bestowed upon yourself. It's idolatrous grace. And it's a grace that actually well said. doesn't accomplish anything. Absolutely nothing. Right. If I have cheap grace, I have cheap forgiveness. And you know what they say about cheap forgiveness? It's like cheap whiskey. It ain't worth much. Or Boone's Farm, you wake up with a headache. <laughs> <laughs> or worse yet. <laughs> the headache's the least of your problems. Well, <laughs> but that's for a dad's. I mean, dummies after darks. So we'll stop there on that note. Uh, again, a special thanks to Dietrich Bonhoeffer for jo- joining us today from the other side of things. Don't disregard him. He's a theologian to be regarded. Uh, unlike us disregard us regard him and you'll have a great life we'll talk to you on the other side